Here we go. Ooh. Welcome to a social place. Welcome, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, another episode of A Social Place brought to you by Amalite Studios, a podcast created out of pure love for the people. Just want to invite amazing creatives, artists, talents, musicians, writers, directors, photographers, brand owners, just amazing people. Welcome. It's me, Emil Nava, and Alex Russick. Hi there. How are you, Alex? Dude, I'm doing good, really good. You know, we just came back from Thanksgiving break. We did. You know, really fantastic uh, time. We did. Yeah. It's tough sometimes when you got time off, you know, and you're trying to, like, you got to be ready for time off. I don't know if you find that, but I have to be, like, I have to be ready to to take you know at that right moment when i take the time off mentally i have to be ready for it you know yeah otherwise you'd sort of torture yourself yeah on the time off exactly i mine was a bit torturous if i'm honest you gotta earn the time off yeah i feel like i earn it like jesus (laughs) i feel like i earn it we have a very special guest today anasa troutman anasa is just an amazing person outright i I uh, I met her by watching a talk that she was doing in COVID and I was watching it on Zoom and I ended up hitting up someone that I knew to contact her because I said that I would just have to meet her. She is amazing. Oh, cool. She she runs and has created The Big We, which is a social impact organization doing absolutely amazing things in the world. She's a producer, creative, musician, she is so many amazing things, but I just love her outlook on the on the world and and the way she talks about her beliefs and her thoughts. And I don't want to speak too much for her. I want her to come on and tell us and you more about what she does. But I'm very excited to welcome Anasa Troutman, ladies and gentlemen. It's me. Play, play. How, does, nice. how, how does an answer sound to you, Alex? Oh, we've only just That's about met. Right. We've only just met, but I bet, I bet you can play something beautiful. That sounds very accurate to me. <laughs> he, he is actually very on point. I ask him a lot, like, what, what do you think that sounds mm-hmm. like? We're talking about a subject. I'll be like, what do you think that sounds like? <laughs> I had such an issue introducing you. Why? I don't. I just think you do. Uh, ultimately, I just think you're an amazing person. Thank you. But that does not sum you up, you know. And I, I think you do so many amazing mm-hmm. things. You're a writer, a producer. You're big in the social impact mm-hmm. space. In ha- all fairness, I yeah. also have trouble introducing myself. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask you. Can you introduce yourself? Yikes. No. I mean, yes. My name is Anasa Troutman. I live in Memphis, and I am a writer, producer, and cultural strategist, mostly. See, this is why I needed you. Mm -hmm. But I'm also an emerging real estate developer and philanthropist and investor. 
because I keep expanding in my humanity. That is what I like to hear. I... I think we talk a lot about expansion on yeah, this podcast mm-hmm, and, with, and, and, and us. I think that it's time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I actually today had a call with an astrologist. Whoa. Yeah. It kind of blew my mind. Actually. What did they say? I mean, I don't think I can divulge a lot, but we spoke a lot about change, you know, and mm-hmm. evolution mm-hmm. and the world and where we're at. So it's such a crazy time, but... I don't know, it feels like there's a big kind of evolution in the air. I think even without speaking to an astrologist, mm-hmm. I, I could feel that. But they re, they kind of confirmed it, you know, that yeah. there's these moments in time where big change happens. Quantum leaps. Yeah. We are making a human, a human, a humanity quantum leap right now. It, it's, that's what's happening, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 100%. I was feeling it, but he confirmed it, mm-hmm. you know, because it. Yeah, it just feels like such a f- mad time. But anyway, mm-hmm. we'll get into that. We're going to do some icebreaker questions. Ooh, icebreaker I questions. I like it. What brings you greater joy? Be- <laughs> be- beach or lake? Ooh. You didn't think I was coming with the, with the good good there. I didn't be- know you were going to have options. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can answer <clears throat> it blanket as well. I feel like that's not a fair question. <laughs> no, okay. Let, 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 no, let's start Beach with let's lake? let's start with the open question. No options. What brings you great? What brings Anasa Troutman greater joy? I'm, Greatest joy. I'm laughing because I was on a I did a a fireside chat at a conference this morning, and that was the first question that they asked me. You're lying. I'm not lying. They were like, "Let's talk about joy." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's the day. What? It's the it's the day of joy. It is a day, of, a joy, day of joy, which is totally appropriate for me." So, so tell us what music, what, what music, music, Alex, come music on, it's your cue, joy. it's your cue. <laughs> Give us, to make us feel good, Alex. Just, just what is the sound of joy? Oh, that's a lot of pressure. No, you got this. You got this. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty damn joyful. I thought I wasn't going to like it, and I did. <laughs> Beach or lake? Beach. Mm, good choice. Yeah. I say good choice. I love the beach and I love the lake. Well, this is why I was like, it's an unfair question, because it really it depends actually. on the day. Mm. But if I had to go, like, over a lifetime, it's definitely beach. You're right. It's way more definitely expansive. Beach. It definitely is beach. The ocean's there. I love a lake, though, because I just feel they're so placid. But I think you're right. You would get bored of a lake if it was all... I really love the waves. Yeah. I love the action of the waves. And I love, like, the expanse of yeah. the horizon that you don't get with a lake. You're right. And I talk a lot about because I go in the ocean every day now. And right. I talk about when you're in the ocean, it is a very unique feeling, mm-hmm. you know, that you know you are legitimately in the nature. 100%. You couldn't be more. Also, the lake can get a little icky. Yeah, just that's a good, <laughs> that you gotta a good have point. on like some shoes or something. Yeah. You can't just be stepping and on the sometimes ground. Sometimes you get that little like moss mustache. Oh. You know? <laughs> gross, Emil. Yeah, gross. that's true. That's true. Mm-mm. Oh, look, this sums us up as a as a duo. Coffee yes. or tea? <laughs> Definitely tea. Coffee for me. It's a late coffee today. Watch out. Uh, movie or reading? Oh come on, that's not fair. Um, 
Young child Anasa would say books, reading. Adult Anasa would say films. Yeah, mm-hmm. good answer. Mm-hmm. I was just saying that, like, I've never really read. I've never been a reader. I'm pretty mm. dyslexic. I've only read two books in my life. Yep. Uh, one I was forced to. And I feel like podcasts are like the new books. Mm. You know, I swear I get... My father, he was like... He couldn't really read and write yep. and stuff. And he found books when he's like 60s, 70s. Oh, wow. And he said he just regret Not he regretted, but he wished he'd found them earlier because he got so much knowledge yeah. and information from them. And I've always worried about that because I just don't read. And But I swear with podcasts now, it's like you just listen to these like amazing people yeah. talk about... And I think that all was, kinds of things. Yeah, everything from business to investment to filmmaking. To string theory. Uh, to, <laughs> I mean, to everything. And that's why part of why we wanted to start mm. this, you know, is because we just, I don't know, I feel like I know so many amazing people mm-hmm. and sometimes I just want... And someone at my company said as well, I was talking about like therapy with mm-hmm. someone at my, the company the other day and she said to me, she feel, she said... To me, it's all about access. I was talking about mental yeah. health and how we can do, you know, better and do more yeah. in the space. And she was like, oh, it's all about access. And it, it did get me thinking with this as well. It's like giving the audience access to these conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's cliche, but like if you can help one kid like do what they want to do from these conversations, then it's a win. I digress. Yeah. Yeah. Brunch with friends or home cooked dinners? Oh, these are hard. Shout out the team. Shout out, t- shout out Tyler and the team. I mean. Again, I'm going to go with... No, I'm going to go with home-cooked dinner. I agree. I yeah. am. I love cooking for people. And, you know, usually home-cooked dinner, you get the... You get the, like, eau-de-terred meal. You know, like the, the, the hero meal. Brunch, sometimes you get like a funky egg or something like that. Sometimes. And it's, and it's loud and obnoxious. Yes. At home, you get to set your own ambiance. You get to choose your own mm. music. You can stay as long as you want. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. Teaching or learning? <gasps> I think they're the same thing. Wow. Mm. That is such an Anasa <laughs> answer. Like, you're so right. They are. They are. <laughs> wow. That it is, is a very Anasa answer. You're not wrong about that. In a, Yeah, I mean, you're just a great mind. You're a great oh, thinker. Thank you. Summer or holidays? Well, my favorite holiday is my birthday, which is in the summer. So there you go. Oh, you smashed that. <laughs> Sleeping in or early mornings? Something I am actually intrigued to know. What are you? It's pretty, uh, These days I'm early mornings, good which to, is a shocker. That is good to hear. I just I'm such a believer that if you get up early, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a different life. Yeah, it is. Like, I, well, this is crazy. But yesterday or the day before, I woke up at four a.m. and I woke <laughs> up and I, I started working. I worked till f- like five thirty. Mm-hmm. Then I did like hot yoga at mm-hmm. six. I did some more work seven. I was like, it's nine a.m. I'm getting on the first more. Zoom. That's I'm right. like. I'm so, I've, you know, and then your day can wind down a bit early. You don't have that pressure. I feel like you have mm-hmm. pressure sometimes to work late, that concept of working late, yeah. you know, rather than like starting early and then. But also the energy of the morning is so placid like the lake. Yeah. That you, even if you're working hard, it feels totally different than if you're working hard at 4 p.m. Yeah. It's just. 
a beautiful feeling no matter what you're doing. No, you're it's so, so peaceful. Right. I love the mornings now. I used to hate the mornings. It's a great. I also feel like I'm, I like ramp like really Absolutely. hard. Not, so it's like you need to be able to you be in to. the peak mode. 100%. Well, we didn't really need icebreakers because there is no <laughs> ice to break. But here we are. Mm-hmm. Those were good though. Good. I, I've got some other great questions coming up i like to ask this one first just because obviously i come from music videos that's where i was born and bred what is your favorite music video Mm. it's nasa's favorite music video what a crazy question i may not have one you have one i i might not oh really yeah because i my relationship with music has nothing to do with music videos Wow, that is such a good. That's another NASA answer. (laughs) Mm. You didn't. You didn't just appease my question. No, I want to give you an answer, but I'm like going through the. I I uh, I can think of some videos that I'll be like, I like that video. I like that video, but I'm not like, oh my god, that video is your favorite song of all time. (gasps) There you go, counted. I believe that it is As by Stevie Wonder. Wow. Great, great. Mm -hmm. Um, If you ask me next Tuesday, I might say Girl Blue by Stevie Wonder. If you ask me uh, two weeks from now, I might say another Stevie Wonder song. It's always Stevie Wonder, but it's mostly As. Wow. Mm -hmm. Big fans. We are big fans. (laughs) So I always love to ask the guests, how did we meet? Because I always think it's a different perspective Mm -hmm. i have a certain perspective you have one what's yours (laughs) (laughs) i actually really love how we met yes it's like one of um you are one of my favorite friendships no way i am you are i am why it's true cry Cry, first cry on the podcast i believe in public crying i think it's important for us to show emotions publicly i actually got asked a question a few weeks ago by tyler when we were doing these questions when was the last time you cried Mm. and i said a lot but i couldn't remember when and i realized i cry so much at the moment to these tiktoks (laughs) of like there's these few TikTokers that they go and they like give money to like homeless mm. people who don't expect it. And and like there was this one, that, um, you know, I won't go too off topic. They're just, I just think it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that there's these people who want to mouth off TikTok, you know, whatever it is. But it's like there's these kids out there just mm-hmm. like making loads of money off TikTok. Mm-hmm. And people are giving like 15 grand to these kids. Banks are sponsoring them. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. They give $500 to people, like just an individual random person. Yeah, like like Cash App will be like giving them 30 grand and they'll be walking to Target and they'll find like a family and they'll say, I'm buying all your shopping today. Wow. And they're like, People's reactions are unbelievable. Un- oh, like no. they need it so much, and like you they, know, they, like, and they break down. They I'm break sure straight away, and they're like, "You don't know what they're this like, does for and me." And they're like yeah. looking around, like someone sent that. It was, it's just, and like the other day, he he met this one couple, homeless couple, and the woman had cancer, and she oh wasn't getting God. help. And like he basically put out a crowdfunder or whatever. He raised thirty grand, got him a pa- apartment. He got the the guy a job. He basically just set this whole family up. And I was just like. Oh, that, that just goes I'm... to show you it's so easy yeah, to no, help it's no. so easy to extend yourself to another human being well that's actually one of my my uh, question I have later on but, mm-hmm. but okay but back to us but yeah 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 <laughs> back, back to what we were talking about how do we about. meet, we For, meet? Yeah. okay this is my perspective of how we met 
is I did a um like a little interview talk situation on Zoom um in twenty twenty in this I guess it was summertime. Yeah. It, it was, was just after George Floyd was murdered and I was asked to come and do a conversation about artists and what artists' role in change was and what we should all be doing right now yeah. to move forward the this leap that we're talking about that humanity is taking, like how do we I like to call it being midwives. So I'm like, a new way is being born. It is happening whether we participate or not. And there are those of us who want to show up as midwives to help this birth come through yeah. more quickly, more easily, more peacefully. And I was talking about how we can be those midwives for the new way. And then somebody called me and was like, somebody saw you talk on this thing and he wants to talk to you. And I'm like, really? Somebody was listening? Who I is was it? Hard. <laughs> and then I think we had a Zoom. We had a Zoom. They hooked us up on a Zoom and we just met and it was instant. I think you said something in that talk along the lines of like, there's a, I think you said this. There's like a, there's the porthole, yes, like open, yes, that uh, that kind of is the future of where we're going. And there's cer- and there's certain people that are ready to jump through that porthole, and like certain people <laughs> that are also there to help people mm-hmm. come through that porthole. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was such an amazing. It sounds like something I would analogy. Say. Yeah, I love talking about portals. Yeah, it's my favorite. It was so good because I think at the time I was going through this thing. It was COVID and. Everyone I was talking to was just trying to hide from the problem and like yep. they just like bury themselves. And I was like, no, like this is when we, this is when we take that's right, that ball by the horns and we we lean have, in. Yeah, exactly, and mm-hmm. embrace this change. It's not going to go back. Like everyone was like, when he goes back to normal, when wow. he goes back to normal, back to normal. It's, First of all, normal sucked, so it, I don't want to yeah. go back. <laughs> but then also, it's not going to happen. That's not how life works. No, you know? exactly. You can't go back. No, it's like something, it's like a vase smashing on the floor. Right. And I can't wait I for it go to, back like, to normal. form. It's like, it's not, it's done. Yeah, no longer. I think also as well, I was so in awe of your, like, perspective of everything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think that I have an issue sometimes listening to people trying to educate me, I guess. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm like, maybe that's from my childhood and teachers and whatever, but like, for me to find people that I really want to be educated mm. by, I think mm-hmm. is, is is very rare. Uh, and that's really what I want, you know, I wanted to just learn more about <laughs> you and what you were doing. Um, and we've done and talked about lots of I things. Know. And yeah, I just wanted to kind of get you on. And yeah, well, I want you to tell us a bit about your journey. Like, how did Ooh. you, how did you get here today? Yeah. Yeah, and and what what's exciting you at the moment? Hmm. Um. Well, I've been talking about my parents a lot today. Yeah. And they're like they, my father in particular. So my father passed away in July. Oh wow! I'm sorry to hear that. I it think was. I did not. I did yeah, know yeah. That. yeah. It was. A, it was. A, let me tell you something. Death is wild. Death is fucking. Wow. Crazy. I, I didn't know. I don't know what it's like for a woman, but they say, uh, like, um, I lost my father mm. three years ago, and mm-hmm. they say that, like, a man losing his father is, like, basically it's the moment when you become really that's right. a man. You know, you are, you're, that's it. You yep. know, you have to face life, like, you know. Yeah, but like, kind of on your own. Yeah. 
I um my father was like a huge personality in my life and in our family. It's, I was talking to him about him today, and I was <laughs> I was laughing because I wanted to call him the matriarch of our family, yeah. which I know is not a thing to call your dad the matriarch, but he was the light in our family. He was yeah. like the nurturer. He's a Pisces, so you know, the Pisces man who's nurturing, who is creative and charming and smart yeah. and all of those things, but he and my mother created this home for my sister and I when we were growing up. Um, when, if you think about black families and you think about um, kind of like folks who are involved in civics, like thinking about the future, thinking about how we have rights and we are free and we are safe and all of that, there's a big debate. Like, is this pathway civil rights, like nonviolence and civil rights and civil disobedience? Or is it black power, which is a whole dozen, you know, the classic yeah. like Malcolm versus Martin conversation, um, which I, by the way, think is a false dichotomy. But we can talk about that later. I but in wanna, my in my house, the answer was culture. Like, how do we liberate ourselves? The pathway that my parents chose was culture. So they had a group of friends. We had an extended family those families adopted like West African traditions and practices and aesthetics. That's why my name is Anasa. My sister's name is Nandi. My godbrothers was Taiwo and Timba. And like that's, we were all named, uh, given names that would remind us of our connection to West African culture and, um, music all the time. That's why I learned how to use a record player when I was three. I've been listening to records. I've been DJing for myself since I was three <laughs> years old. Like, the stacks and stacks of records, and my mother was a dancer. My dad's playing the drums, and our all the families are doing all the things. And so I was um, in my house, like, art and culture and spirituality and politics and family and community was all one conversation. There was no, like... There was no separation. It was not. It was an assumption that our cultural practices were our liberatory practices, were our political practices, were our spiritual practices, were our oh, everything, yeah. and that the people who were doing those things with us was our community. And so, I <laughs> eventually I had to go out in the world and discover that everyone did not live like my family. <laughs> I was yeah. shocked. I was shocked. Like shocked and dismayed i watched your ted talk again you know before mm. we came on i think it's for those of you who haven't seen it you should watch it but i think you said something you know in that about when that that moment happened to you when that guy drove past you yeah. and you know screamed the n-word yeah. at you out the window and you were eight and you yeah. were like whoa like wow this this is and you felt like you, correct me if I'm wrong, you felt like your parents had kind of shielded you from that mm -hmm. and hadn't prepared you, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that, yeah, it really, which I love, right? Like on one hand, I can be like, I wasn't ready for that. But I also love that, that I never got those speeches. A lot of black kids get the speeches when they're growing up, like, yeah. when you encounter the police, you need to do this. Like, you have to work super hard because we have to get do ha do twice as much to get half. You know, like, all yeah. those speeches I never got. My parents told me, you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're smart, you can do anything, you can have anything, you can go anywhere. And I carry those those lessons in my body today. Like, a lot of yeah. who I am and how I move in the world is is because my parents didn't prepare me for that 
jerk who screamed at me out the window because they prepared me for a life of abundance and they prepared me for a life of self-determination. And um, I think it was an important lesson for me to have that experience because that's also true and real in the world. But I don't want to be someone who got that at home and in the world. I Mm. want for... I want to be someone who, even when I encounter that in the world, I have something grounding me that I got from home that tells me that that guy is wrong. Yeah, it's such a good point. Because I I was just thinking as you were talking, like even outside of the race conversation, Mm -hmm. it's crazy that, because I think about this a lot, is like, yeah, when when you're raising kids and stuff, it's... It is very insular. It's like yeah. the you're you're basically only telling them what and what and your you, perspective, yeah, and your experience, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think it's like it's kind of amazing, and I think we look at it like, oh my god, it's amazing. I'm affecting these young minds, and blah, blah, blah. but like I question this a lot myself. Like, what am I do? Am I analyzing myself? Yeah. Like, am I analyzing what I'm telling them yeah. and how I'm telling them? Because yeah. You know, I think I'm doing right because I'm showering with love and mm-hmm. attention and all these things, but also trying to figure out, like, what's the real shit I need to... I mean, it's a, I think that's a really great question, especially for 2022 parenting. Yeah. Because um, there is so much out in the world now. There's so many ways for your kids to get access to information that they wouldn't have had 10 yeah. years ago or 20 years ago. So it's it's like you used to be able to have your kids be in your bubble for so much longer. Yeah, like so that, a exact, yeah. So by the time they get the outside stuff, like they are mature enough, sophisticated enough, and have a, enough of a relationship with you that they can come and be like, Dad the craziest thing happened today yeah but that's just not the case anymore these kids nowadays they're like three and four yeah. and they're using youtube you know like and Listen. they and they and they deter as well on there like suddenly you get the phone and you're like ha- what are you on yeah. what are you watching you know my it's... niece is eight she's seven or eight and i was home last week we were in the car and she's on the YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> on the YouTube. I'm so old. Oh my God. <laughs> the YouTube. And all of a sudden I hear this man's voice coming out of her iPad and it's like, Raphael Warnock is a liar and he's a cheat and he has a and I was like, What? What, what is yeah, this? 100%. I said, Kylie, what are you listening to? This man is lying. And she said, I know, mommy told me. So and I say, well, Kylie, how do you, how do you discern between the people on the YouTube who are telling you the truth and who are not telling you the truth? And she was like, I don't know. Yeah, well, this is something so crazy that even I've been thinking recently as myself is yeah. that we don't, you don't know what's don't know. like. I watch these. I talk about how informative podcasts are, but yeah. sometimes I go. Well, why am I believing this one guy who kind of looks old and looks like he's made investments? Yeah. How do I know this guy's yeah. not just absolutely... Yeah. Because I had this meeting uh, recently with someone and a friend of mine who's big in the space was in the meeting and when mm. the person left, he was like, he hasn't got a clear what he's talking about. <gasps> but I was like thinking... You were into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like... Yeah. It's, 
and that with the you know the internet thing yep. for an adult to even feel misled then what what are the kids I mean gonna... that's been our whole last four years is yeah. a whole bunch of folks on the internet saying things that are not true and a whole bunch of people not only believing them but going into action based on those things that those folks are saying that's what we've been that's what we've been doing yeah. it's sort of uh, if I could interject real Please. quick it's sort of a a weird upending of like a 20th century trend which is that if you if you're trying to get something done in your life like i'm sick i need to go to a doctor mm. someone who wants to be a good doctor would say well i'll i'll dress like a professorial doctor right. to make someone feel more comfortable to trust me being a doctor it's like this sort of social agreement going on mm. but the internet has kind of like weaponized that and reversed it where people are like i'll put on a jacket and then say <laughs> the earth is flat and they're like that fools people i mean because they're still looking for like that marker of oh these set of behaviors means like this person is yeah. solid yeah. you know I just want y'all to know, side note, I met this man who I was very smitten about. Yeah. And he was like, started to talk to me about how the earth was flat and the moon landing was fake. And I was like, don't ever call me again. Oh, no. <laughs> no way. For real. For real. Your, but that's your, my point. Your friends are like, red flag. Right. <laughs> I, I, and, I, and I'm like, oh, that is, that is 21st century internet. Yeah. Because there's like all these black men who are now, but like, the earth is flat. And I'm like, wow, who are you listening to on the internet? Yeah. I love when you talk about imagination. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite. And you know one thing, I think, let me get this right, because this is one of the most amazing things you've ever said to me, is that the world that is created right now is based off the imagination of people of the past. Yes. And the new world that we need to create needs to be based off our imagination. 100%. What a fucking statement. Wow. What a fucking statement. Listen, it's true. It's true. But explain it for us because I think that like when you said it, I got it completely. Yeah. But I think it's worth your explanation (laughs) from you because it's so great. Yeah. I, um, I, and becoming somebody who is more and more comfortable with complexity. Um, I think that growing up, we hear things like joy and love, and and we are made to feel like they're very simple concepts, Hmm. or they're um, easy, or they're one-dimensional, um, or they feel good all the time, right? Like we, yeah. we, when we hear love stories and we see movies or read books about love stories, we feel like yeah. all they do is are like, and then the stars, and it makes us feel like love is supposed to be simple and easy and feel good at all times. Um, but it's not true it's because not love all, is yeah. like, if you think about any relationship with anybody who you love, whether it's a child or a, a partner or a friend, Love requires accountability. Mm. It requires difficult conversations. It requires sacrifice. It requires compromise. It requires a lot of things that are real, 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 real hard. Real, 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 real real hard. And I believe that in order for us to have a joyful life, we have to be full human beings. Because... um, a joy that is not complex is not true. It's not real. There's something different. It's like happiness or something, some feel-good thing. Yeah. But, like, joy um, comes from 
your soul. Yeah. It's like the thing in you that you can spark no matter what's going on, right? Like I sat in my father's hospital room and literally watched him take his last breath. Yeah. And my first emotion was joy because I felt the gratitude of having had him in my life for so long. Yeah. And I felt the gratitude of all the things that he taught me and showed me. And so I was in a room full of people who are boo-hoo crying, and I was, like, literally jumping for joy and crying tears of wonderfulness and, like, literally having a prayer celebration of his life. So yeah. The fact that you had him. Right. Was, because I'm yeah. like, he was such an amazing man. Some people get him for six minutes. I had him for, like, yeah. my whole entire life. And so... My point is joy, true joy that comes from within that cannot be extinguished is very complex and it requires that you're able to be someone who is accountable, to be someone who is honest, to be someone who understands complex emotions and has the courage to show up in your fullness at all times, even when it's difficult, especially when it's difficult, especially when it requires courage because you're scared to say the thing or scared to do the thing or scared to take the leap or scared to follow your dream or scared to do whatever. Like yeah. you cannot, I don't believe that you can find true joy if you're not willing to take those risks. So that's what I meant. I told you she was, I told you she was special, didn't I? Like, I, I no, I, I totally. I think the, why I love hearing you speak is what you say makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm just, I learn off you so much. You know, mm. I remember my mum said as well once. She said like happiness, you have to, you have to work on being you happy. Do. And I remember thinking, what you is she do. talking about? Like. You just be, you just have, and then I, re and as I've got older, I've definitely realized you have to do so, I have to so do much. so many things to try and s stay happy, you know, like so from eating well to working out to be, just every single thing is, it's a daily mission, yep. you know. And it requires presence and you cannot phone joy in. You can't just be going through your life and then find the joy you can't. No. That's not how this works. And I feel like sometimes we expect it. We expect that it's like, well, where is it? And where's the love? And where's the joy Listen, and the happiness? I, <laughs> I, there is this movie. I feel like the biggest disservice that people do to their children is not to talk to them about how hard life is. Oh my God. And I don't think that. that I don't think it's appropriate for very small kids. I don't, I'm not saying you should be like, life sucks so bad. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I am saying, like, the, <laughs> the expectation that children have that everything is going to be exactly the way that they think it's going to be yeah. is unreasonable and really dangerous for their own mental health. I had a... Um, I watched this movie. I don't remember what year it came out, but it's called The Skeleton Twins. Uh, yeah. It was um, Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig starting this movie. Mm. I'm going to write a scene about this movie in my TV show because it's like, was well, such a huge moment in my life. I was going through something. I was like so upset and I was, went, my escape is a movie. So whenever I feel like the world yeah. is too much, I go to the movies. It could be two in the afternoon. I'm like, I'm yeah. out. I'm out. What's playing? Anyway, so I went to go to this movie. And there, one of them was having like, I think one of them tried to commit suicide in the film and they were like very, having a very hard time with life. And the other twin, the other twin was like, you had, everybody is disappointed. Like literally every human being on the planet 
is experiencing disappointment. And like, do you think that the woman who works at the grocery store woke up in her when she was 12 and was like, one day I'm going to work at a grocery store. No disrespect to grocery store workers. Yeah, or like, the, even the person, they were like, even like Madonna or Beyonce has disappointment. Yeah. Like President Barack Obama has disappointment. Like the Dalai Lama has disappointment. Every single human being on planet Earth that is alive and breathing has experienced disappointment. And they were like, disappointment is kind of the human condition. It's kind of what we do. You have these lofty yeah. ideas about your life, about love, about work, about money, about politics, about whatever. It never pans out that way. Well, yeah, even Jay, I remember Jay Cole said it and I was like, it was stuck me so much where he was like, you know, growing up, I thought the success, if I got the yes. success, if I got the cars, if I got the awards, if I got anything. That's never true. And he got all of them and he was just like, Miserable. I'm just the same fucking guy here. Right. I'm happy. <laughs> just like, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's like whether right. you... Whether you didn't, right. whether you, you know, beca became something you didn't want to become or you got everything you ever wanted. And it's you still are just a person. Yeah, no. It's like disappointment and the, like the, the skill of being able to process that disappointment and to process the grief of disappointment and still be able to understand your value as a human being and the power of love and the yeah. power of connection and community. To me, that is a secret to joy. To be able to be like, I understand that my life is not the way I wanted it to be, the way I thought it was going to be, the way I wish it was going to be. And still, I understand that I'm an important person on this planet and that my life and my dreams still have value, that there are people who love me and that I can find the joy and the value and the purpose in my own life, even in the midst of all that. To me, that is joy. I mean, that was amazingly said. And I think that that needs to be spoken about more right like i remember I my i remember the biggest moment when i was young really like thinking like why did i not know this it was like going from like set what we called um primary school to secondary school yeah, which yeah. i think yours is like something high school <laughs> something something to high middle school middle school to high yeah. school and the first day at secondary school i got like I, the the we moved to this kind of small town I had all this crazy kind of racism stuff. I was yeah. just getting battered every day at school. And I was like, I was just getting like, I was just like, how did someone not tell me That's that right. like, this is what was going to happen? That's like, right. I was just getting beaten up all the time. I was, you know, all these like mad, like kind of race attacks. It's just like, I was just like, how, how and I guess Why didn't I know this was going to yeah. happen? Because uh, you didn't even know it was possible. No, Like exactly. it wasn't even a thing. And then you're experiencing it. I'm sorry that happened to you. You didn't deserve it. Yes, yeah, it was just like... Wow. Anyway, and this speaks very much to the statement around imagination because you were living in someone else's reality. Yeah. Like those people decided that your life and your soul and your beauty was not valuable enough to protect from people doing that to you. You know the crazy thing that happened as well when I just went back there? Yeah because I don't drink now right? I'm mm -hmm. sober and I'm standing mm -hmm. in this bar and obviously everyone's like drunk and this guy comes up to me and he's like you're a male Narva right? and I was like yeah and I was like what's this guy going to say or whatever and he's like I called you the <gasps> n-word when I was no yeah when I when I was a kid and uh, and I wanted to say sorry I've always wanted oh. to say sorry oh to you oh my god and he said he said my father used that word See? all the time and I remembered who this kid was mm. this kid was he was, I was 11 and he was eight. 
when mm. it happened. And I remember where it happened because I was like, I was like a, a kid, a kid, kid, like because yeah. there was always lots of teens that did it. And I remember, and I remember my friend said, oh, that's because his dad. And I remember when it happened. I was 11. He was eight. It happened in the park. He did that. And I, said, and I was like, what's going on? My friend said, his dad is, there's a lot of that stuff. Oh, no. But it was crazy. This was, this was two months ago. This was literally last that's time. That's wild. Yeah. And even that boy's dad, like, he came from a long line of people who were using hate and vitriol towards people who he didn't understand or, or know. Yeah. And that is like, somebody decided that was a good idea. Yeah. generations ago somebody was like see them people over there from now on this is how we're going to treat them this is what we're going to call them this is what we're going to do that somebody somebody came up with that through their imagination yeah. process right yeah. and so much of what we live in like so I was talking this morning about about the global economy because yeah. <laughs> you know because it's Friday so <laughs> and I was I was talking about like the principles of people being um, commoditized to the point where their identity is wrapped up in what they do and how much money they make. Yeah. As opposed to, like, who they are, how they treat people, or just the fact that you're born, you're valuable because... So true. Because you made it to planet Earth. Like, it yeah. took a lot for you to get here. And that assignment of value to humanity came from just a regular human being yeah. who just made a decision and enrolled other people in that decision to the point now where we're generation, 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 and we have a global economy that's based on money being the most important thing over people, over planet, over animals, over literally anything, over life. Somebody yeah. made that up. That was not, that's not a natural occurrence. It's crazy. We so have, uh, we can do the same thing. We can make a new decision about what we want life to live to look like, what who gets valued, how we move, what our it's that's why I do work in culture because who we decide we are and the core values that we decide to play out every day in our in, in an embodied way literally dictates everything from the price of corn to who gets to be the president. You know, the reason we wanted to start this podcast is to talk to fellow creatives mm. about the you know the industry and how they operate in it, how they got in it, how they operate mm. in it. I guess, you know, just from all these conversations we're having and all of these kind of visions for the future and these new imaginations and stuff, like how are you f trying to funnel all of that mm. into your creativity? <sighs> and, and, and what outlets are you mm -hmm. kind of focused on? Yeah. So first of all, I want to say that I think that the most powerful way to change the future is through creativity. Well said. I really, I really think that. I yeah, feel like those I of agree. us who are spending our time um, inside of our imagination all the time have the best possibility of reimagining the world because yeah. we're just so used to making new things. So, like, why not make a whole new world? You can make a new movie. You can make a new world. 100%. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. So, the interesting thing is, like, it took me a long time to claim my stake as a creative. I spent a lot of time as a young adult being afraid to say that I was a creative and afraid to engage my, my artistry. And so... 
I would like write songs in secret. I had like a whole two years where I just went to a pawn shop and bought a guitar and would be at my house at night writing, 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 writing. And I just would never tell anyone or never share with anyone. <laughs> and it was because I was in, I was surrounded by artists who were amazing, um, like amazing artists. And I would be like, well, if I... you were on tour with Stevie Wonder, right? I was. Yeah. I was. Like, that's well, a little bit yeah, intimidating. Yeah, I knew you were like that. Right? <laughs> so if you're, like, surrounded by literally the best artists in the world, then you... I, at the time, was like, well, if I can't be that good, then I must not be good at all. No, it's tough. It's tough. It, it is. is. I know the but, feeling. So. But it made me... But I, at some point, I realized that my creativity and my creative expression was so much a part of my identity that I had to... I had to do it or else I wasn't being my full self. We, are we talk, I talk about all the time. We talk about all the time that, like, your POV and That's your right. perspective That's right. is only yours. So there's... Only yours! Yeah, so you may not be at the level of someone else but your voice your pov your perspective that's right is totally your point earlier like if one person heard it and it's like wow 100 percent. but also like what i learned like when i started doing these trainings where i was like teaching people to use their creativity for social impact and i like this is way before i was really deep into my own creative practice and i was like oh Creativity is, art is about other people. Creativity is about you. Mm-hmm. So, like, just the act of writing, the act of singing, the act of knitting a scarf, the act of dancing, like, all of the ways that we can be creative, just, like, allowing yourself to be free in those moments and the things that you learn about yourself and about life and, the exp- like, the physical experience of the freedom of creative expression is so important for people it's so important like if i drew every day and burned everyone and no one ever saw it the power of drawing those things every day would change my life i feel like that speaks to what me and you have said because yeah. alex basically you know he, he, he alex works at amalite he edits yep. he's deep in the job most of the time yep. but i know you say that like most nights you just jam out on the piano right. and you, it's for yeah. yourself and I, and i will say i really related strongly to what you what you just said because I grew up as a drummer and I was like mm. a almost like prodigy level drummer. Oh, and that's right. so I got with other kids who in their various instruments were like that yeah. level too. And so I got to the point where like I would jump on the piano and just start like picking some yes. things out and someone would literally go, get off of that. Like I'm the pianist. Oh! You know what I mean? So oh, I, I developed, you know, because it was this sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. New York East Coast high achieving mm-hmm. nonsense world. So like... I literally got in my head like, oh, I'm not good at anything but Aww, playing the drums, you know? Sweet baby. And it took mm-hmm. me years to just, like, decide I would play the piano and just I would start writing my own songs and, like, doing my own solo music. And I have now for a few years, and it was like, oh, like the feeling at the end of feeling. it. It's that so feeling. That is good. what I'm talking yeah. about, that feeling of being free. Yeah. 100%. Because that's what we're all looking for. Like, that. that is what joy looks like, that feeling of freedom where you, like, no ceiling. No. no, right. And, and in a way, this podcast was a bit of that for me. Like, I was just like, I just want to do something, not not just for me, obviously, I want you know everyone else is involved, but just something that wasn't 
tied That's to right. some other mission, That's some right. other success That's thing right. or money or it was just like, let's mm. just do something to like have fun mm-hmm. and like or, or whatever just to mm-hmm. like just to do it to feel like something that's ours ultimately yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's really important to have that it's really important but in a I think, hyper- I capitalist think it, society it's hard to do things that don't produce I agree yeah. and, and, and don't matter like I that's feel like right. everyone especially with the social media stuff it's like Oh, you have you have to be like seen to be yes. doing it. If you're not, yes. se- it's like that joke, but it's it not actually not on a Instagram, joke. It didn't happen. Exactly, it's mm-hmm. like that's the joke, but it's true. Yeah. People act like yeah. they're joking, but then they're filming it and uploading <laughs> it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and I actually have to, you know, I try and stop myself from yeah. doing it a bit. You know, now I try and try to live in them, mm-hmm. live in them. It sounds cheesy, but like it's that, it's that simple thing of like when I'm at a show now, music show, it's yes. like I have to remind to like not yes. pull my phone out at the big yes. best moment. It's like, no, like just watch, be there. Yeah, watch the big best mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, well, that was, uh, I had one question, that, a, good, a good question I wanted to ask just for, because I always think about the people watching, you know, and I think about like the one kid who's trying to like yeah. do what you're doing, you know, like, because the social impact space, let's mm. say, like, which even I don't really understand yeah. much of how it works. You know, I know obviously that like I really care about the future of humanity yeah. and our minds and mental health and blah, blah, blah. so I'm you know doing whatever I think is right having the right <laughs> conversations or whatever but like if there's a young person at home now sitting watching this and being like I want I, I mm. want to help the world but I don't know how you mm. know which is saying I think probably I, I ask a mm-hmm. lot like I want to do stuff for the world I don't just want to make music videos I don't just want to do this like how, how would you start like, how, how what would you say to someone who a slightly Such selfish a question. question, but also for It's a, a good list, question, though, because the way, like, when I first decided I wanted to do that, I, that's why I started a record label. Yeah. So I was like, I want to change the world. What changes the world? What changes my world? Music changes my world. Let's make music. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like, I feel like two things. One, I think anything that you feel excited and passionate about can be done in the service of the things that you believe in. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you're a bus driver, if you're a line cook, if you're a president, if you're a ballerina, you can be those things with the intention of healing and liberation yeah, for people, so, right? So and I think that that, I think intention is so important. And then I also think that there is like, <sighs> I talk about embodiment a lot because <laughs> because we are embodying a set of core values like in every moment of our lives we're embodying a set of core values right whether we're aware of it or not and being intentional about how you embody your core values is really important so if you're like i want to be a person who moves in love at all times or if I want to be a person who gives people grace all the time, or I want to be a person who believes that money is the most important thing, whatever it is that you yeah. believe in, you have to move slowly enough to be able to put those things in the center of your life. So if you're like, I'm a filmmaker, and my commitment is to live out an embodied core value of love at all times, then you need to think about everything you do and be like, is this, what, is this loving? Is this what love looks like? 
yeah. right? Like if you're in an argument with your spouse or with, or you're leading your team, you're like, am I leading with love? Am I um, debating in this conversation from a place of love? Or have I slipped into ego? Have I slipped into patriarchy? Have I slipped into whatever the thing is that... Cause it's so easy to slip into the things that are harmful. It's so easy. I keep, I keep smirking because I feel that, like, when I ask you questions, yeah. your answers are so beneath. Like, they're so depthy that they're, like, <laughs> so amazed. Like, I have to, like, take them. Like, I understand. Because I know I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's yeah. like... The, the face value question of the answer to that is like, well, you should, you know, join a charity yeah. in your local town and you should... Do I, don't believe it. I don't believe in charity. But, but, no. Well, I'm get into that as well. Like, neither do I. You know, I think it's a weird word. But you're so right. It's like, set that intention of like, if mm-hmm. all, if what you believe is that you want to help heal people in this, like... Or whatever, heal what, people. Yeah, no, I think that... And also, also the thing that you want to project out onto the world, like how are you embodying that in your relationship with yourself? So if yeah. you want to be a person to help heal other people and you are walking around unhealed, you need to take a pause yeah. and start to think about what it looks like for you to do that. Because we often, um, we often believe that change and transformation is outside of us. And I also think that a lot of people who feel super passionate about change is because of something that they've experienced themselves that they don't want other people to experience. Yeah. Right? And so they don't do the work to heal themselves so that they actually can help heal other people from a whole place, like a healed place. And then you end up just going out and doing a lot of harm because you don't even have the emotional wherewithal to be able to actually even be in a conversation like that. And you burn yourself out, right? Like all these people who are doing social impact work and they're (laughs) they're like, I want to help heal the world. And they're working 80 hours a week to try to heal. Like that's not, no. No, the goal is not for you to burn out and for everyone else to be well. If the the goal is wellness, then we all must be well. We all must be well. We all must be mentally whatever. We all must be emotionally. We all have to have that. It's not, it's not a... The goal is not for anyone to get left behind. Yeah. Right? So you just got to intention and embodiment. That's what I would say. And one more thing I would say. Yes. I feel like, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, just about like truth and how joy requires radical honesty. There is so much harm that has been done on the planet earth over the last thousand years that we don't acknowledge don't know about and don't investigate and so if you actually want to if you're like the world's so crazy i feel like i need to help but you don't actually understand what's occurred to get us to this point in the first place then i don't know what you're doing well i have a quite a selfish question tell me it's um i just more would like to hear your perspective on it because i think you've obviously just got amazing perspectives like how do you or how do you think people Mm. should be should deal with like low frequency emotions like for me things like jealousy and anger and things like this that occur in my daily life that i don't want to feel and I don't want to be jealous of people. I don't want to be angry. And I don't want to be these things. But they do 
inevitably come inside of me like how how do you I'm so happy you asked me that because I'm dealing with that right now I am mm. managing some feelings that I am not enjoying the feelings yeah and they're not good for us no they're yeah. not they're not jealousy sucks jealousy, jealousy is the worst is, no it's the worst it's the first thing on it's my it's the thing. worst I kind of and added anger and pain but <laughs> jealousy is the thing because I just know it's very complex, like what it we is. talk about. I know it's if I analyze the real meaning behind yep. the feeling. I have a, a I, um, maybe like when I was in, like right after college, I was like experiencing, I was jealous of a friend of mine, like very, very jealous of her. And I didn't like that. I felt like that about somebody who I love so much. I was like, this is not yeah. right. It's not right for either one of us. It's not good for the world. Like, you have to figure this out. And I can't remember where I read or heard this, but I came to understand that jealousy is just the fear that what you see in someone else is something that you don't have access to. True. So it's like, if you, if I had an ice cream and you were like, oh, I want ice cream. I'm going to go get me an ice cream is one thing. But if you saw me have an ice cream and you're like, I could never have that and I want it real bad, then that's where the jealousy comes from. Uh, interesting. And so I have this like working definition of like when I have that feeling, I understand it's just scarcity. It's just me being afraid that the thing I see in them, I cannot have access to. And so I remind myself that I am an abundant being, that I have a divine right to abundance, and that I can manifest whatever I want. And then I can get myself out of the jealousy. Exactly why I asked you that <laughs> What an answer. Yes. It's hard, though, because when you get it caught is. up in the moment and you just have that feeling and sometimes you can't snap yourself out of it. I think it's also much easier as you get older. Oh, absolutely. Like, I feel like a similar, like, if I see something that I get jealous of, I'm like, why am I jealous of That's that? Right. Like, and I could get that if I wanted that or whatever. But when you're young, I think... I was so jealous yeah. in my like, early 20s. Now I think I was a young man and I was yeah. just testosterone and anger and alcohol. And like, yeah. I just think it kind of ate up a lot of my 20s. And I feel for, you know, young people because mm -hmm. I just remember. And I just think this world now, if I was then, wow. like being able to see this much. This, wow. this was just me seeing other people win awards and like magazines. Things, things in front of me. Yeah. Now it's like you just... You no. can wake up in the morning and see a hundred people's lives in ten, in five minutes, you know? And the best, most polished version of a hundred people's yeah. lives. So yes. they're like meant to make you feel jealous in no, the first place, no. you know? But then when you're also, when you're a kid, you often don't have that, like, you haven't done the work yet to to know. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. it's easy for me to say what I just said right now because I have a deep abundance practice as part of my spiritual work. Yeah. But when I was 16 or even 25, yeah. I did not know that I was an abundant being capable of manifesting whatever I wanted. I just thought my life sucked. Yeah. I thought I sucked. I had terrible self-esteem. Terrible. Yeah. So how are you supposed to know that the thing you see in front of you that you really, really want is something you can have if you don't believe in yourself. It's not possible. And I think manifestation is something just to touch on because I, I, you know, I'm sure you have an opinion, but I think about it a lot. And I talk about it a lot with some of my friends who like aren't spiritual at all. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not... It's, it, it look at it like this. It, to me, it's not spiritual, right? Like it's I, not. I think I have to move my arm over there. I move my That's arm right. over there. Like I think I want that thing i'm gonna go and get that thing yep. it's not you know so i 
I don't know, I talk about it with my friends a lot because it's like, oh, you're going to manifest that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm going to go and get I it. Sure I'm, I'm going to go and get what I yep. want. Like, I'm going to go and get a coffee. That's right. You could say I'm manifesting going That's to get right. that coffee, you know? That's right. It's less spiritual than more energetic. It's really about yeah. the mechanics of, it's quantum physics. It's yeah. not. It's not about God. It's about physics, which some would say is the same thing. I would say it's the same thing, but like it's it's a basic scientific principle about like the cyclical nature of energy. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. And also like we're. I mean, what is that thing that people say? Like we're all made of the same stuff. Like. We like us and the outer space and the stars and the moon and the sun like are literally all the same elements. Yeah. Just in different configurations. And if it is true that we're all connected and like you know how um some in some interactions you can feel the energy. You can feel that. Yeah. You can there is a, there's an obvious exchange of energy that you can actually perceive physically. I don't see why that wouldn't be true of everything else in the universe, too. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just, it's physics, y'all. Well, you know, as we're coming to a close, got a few more questions. <laughs> Come you know, on, more, yeah, let's just, go. You know, I think that obviously the podcast is focused a lot around the kind of industry and the creative industry. Yeah. And, and, you know, me and you have had a lot of conversations mm-hmm. about... And I think it comes with the world changing, but yeah. I, I believe, and you know this, and, and you do, like that there needs to be so much change within our yeah. industry, within the kind of film, music, yeah. you know, entertainment industry. Like, yeah. what are the, what are your wishes for the future <laughs> in, the, in this game? It's a big I question. A, I know. I have a um, a big conversation about ownership. I agree 100. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think about this all the time. I feel like in in a culture that is a, all about, <laughs> that that people, that the, the assumption is that the person with the most money has the best ideas. That's like our culture is like, oh, you're rich, you must be so smart. Yeah. Right? So that in the, what, how that translates into the entertainment world is like the person who's sitting in the CEO or the C-suite or the whatever is the person who has the best creative ideas or has the right to critique your creative ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, the person who has literally no experience with filmmaking is greenlighting or deciding who is getting the grant or deciding whatever. And my highest wish for our industry is that the creatives are running the show. And that I was saying this this morning, like it's way easier for somebody with a creative skill and an open heart to learn how to run a company than it is for somebody who's just a regular suit to learn how to be creative and expansive in their ideas. So true. Yeah, right. And so, so like true. for me, just like the work we do in communities, I'm like, I want the people who live in this neighborhood to own everything. I want the people who are making music and making film and making TV and making books to be the ones who own their intellectual property and the mechanisms to dis- to distribute and create those things too because for multiple reasons one because the the art will just get better right if we're the mm-hmm. ones who are like hey what are we going to fund like i trust your judgment and your taste way more than any studio head i've ever mm-hmm. met in my life or mm-hmm. any certainly any music company head they oh, are yeah. the worst yeah. <laughs> they're the worst <laughs> That's a and scene. yeah, and it and it becomes like way more human because the decisions are made based on like what is good, what is open, what is expansive, what is heart opening, as opposed to like what do 
we think we'll make the most money based on what's made money before. So, like, just humanity will be better off because we'll have such a broader variety of things to choose from if creatives are making the decisions. And finally, the artists will actually get their just due financially. Like, the amount of money that an artist makes versus the amount of money that a company that works with artists makes is disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting and unjust and out of alignment with the with the new way it's not the loving way it's not the vulnerable way it's not the community way for me to literally put my whole consciousness on uh on film and then for me to get like a nickel and you just made a million dollars that's the thing about you know everyone had spotify raps recently yes um and the thing that's so wild to me is just imagining, like, yeah, that person who gets, that indie artist who ends up getting, like, a million plays yep. or something in the year. Like, they're making, like, what, $700 or, like, something, yep. a pittance for that. And the person who just designed the button that someone goes, I like this. Like, that person's making two hundred grand, living in the suburbs, has a family, has a whole thing. Yeah. So it's not just, it's not just, like, that an artist is poor. It's, like... That's like a social upheaval that like is just de-emphasizing like the power of artists across all <laughs> levels of society, you know, because they don't have the money anymore. 100%. Someone else's money. Yeah. I think that like this move towards um, shifting the culture of the economy and like actually having a restorative economy, a regenerative economy, an economy that works for more people that has to be what we're talking about in the entertainment. It has to be what we're yeah. talking about in entertainment. We have to be talking about how to interact with the money in a different way. We have to, or else, like, it's only going to get worse because folks, like, the people who have the most money are trying to figure out how to get more and more and more and more, which means that the people on the other side have to get less and less and less and less. And so the literally the only way I feel like this is going to be a viable industry at some point where people actually get to be free and creative and expressive and transformative is if we change the business model. I don't, I don't see any other way. And I'm not even saying that those folks should not be making 200 grand. Like you should, you did something important and happen, but like, can we share? Yeah. Yeah. Like, can we Uh, partner? Can we share? Can we be cooperatively owning these things as opposed to like, just you decide and you get to take the check and you get to go on vacation and I am out here. I keep thinking about this and talking about this. It's like, why does it have to not be good for someone in the That's equation? Right. Why can't That's just right. all the, for everyone win? Like, right. you know, even in the brand space, like why That's can't right. the brand get what they need? The director, everyone, everyone wins. Everyone made money. Everyone yeah. won. Everyone, th- yeah. it's like, I don't yeah. know why there has to be that thing of like, well, there because has to- our core, like scarcity is such a core part of our culture. Like the idea that we should be sharing and that if we share, there'll be enough at the end of the day is antithetical to what people actually believe yeah right? it's like what you said about that guy who they you know the investor guy where right. he's like I've worked it out <laughs> I've worked out how I've much I need and, and the buffer that's right and the, anything above that I don't need you don't need like, it and that is not normal yeah like until and unless that is the normal way that we interact with each other from a commercial standpoint I mean people hoarding like wow Wow, these people that have like literally billions of dollars. Why? Yeah. Why? What do you like? You cannot. Mad. You literally can't. You could. You can't 
it's impossible to spend that money unless you do something dumb like go by Twitter. But we don't have to talk about that right now. <laughs> what if I need a $600 million yacht for my mental health? I mean, you got bigger problems, sir. <laughs> I, got, uh, I got a couple of final thoughts. Yes, come on. One yes. is from anyone new, anyone who's watching this who doesn't know you yeah. and who is not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> you've not even mentioned half or a quarter of the amazing things that you are yeah. doing so yeah. please google anasa get in anasa <laughs> just just you need to see what anasa is doing <laughs> to change the world ultimately oh, wow. so i and i just i love that our conversation just yeah. made all those twists and turns but you know you you really haven't spoken to all these amazing things you're doing and you yeah. are doing i honestly feel like i haven't done my best work yet I mean, I feel like when I unleash my my whole imagination onto the world, then that's when I really will be doing something. Anasa Troutman, ladies and gentlemen, that's what I was going to say. Yes. This has felt short and felt like this. Could we could have spoken <laughs> for three hours. more hours? But yes, but that's how come, we always are. And come back. We're here. Anytime. We're, all, we're here. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up another set of questions. Alex can make a new tune for the yes. event. <laughs> you want to play us out, Alex Russert? I love you, Emil. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. <laughs> wow. 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 Anasa oh. Troutman. That was great. Unreal, right? I mean, she's just so special and just... Just the way she talks, just what, just the way she can get so to the depth of something. Well, it's like awesome how, like, she would say things that were so unexpected. Yet, as soon as like you started to absorb what she was meaning, you were like, "Oh, that's so true, though." Yeah. That's But I just would never have thought framed things that way. Like, I would yeah. have never just thought of things that way. No, it's it's almost like when you listen to a comedian, they tell a joke, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's so funny because it's so true." They're like reframed reality yeah, in a way you've not seen yeah. before. And I I do mean it when I say this. Like, Anasa is doing unbelievable things. Like, she's she took investment to buy this massive building in Memphis that she's redoing, and she's mm. you know she's just doing all this amazing stuff that she obviously didn't you know touch on but become a fan of Anasa Troutman that's what totally. I would say and I'm a fan now yeah no I mean it was uh one of uh, it was uh, one of the most special conversations I've ever had so thank you Anasa and this week we're not going to do top five I don't feel after that conversation it matters that I like peas <laughs> you know I just uh, I just don't think it does. It doesn't. But I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week with another amazing guest. Please like, follow, subscribe. Follow us on the journey. We don't know where it's going. Just more amazing guests, more amazing conversations. And play us out, Alex Russick.